0: Tr- 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 Trader Cobb Crypto po- Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cob Crypto Podcast.
1: G'day, guys. Trader Cob here. We're here at the Ethereum Summit, day two. I've got an amazing guest with me from Microsoft. I've got York Rhodes, who's actually heading the blockchain department for Microsoft and uh, it's gonna be an amazing chat because we cover a lot of different areas. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy Good stuff. to do it. So look, you've got a very extensive career, very decorated in where you've been. Obviously you're at Microsoft now. You told me before that you came from Microsoft and went back. Yes. So back in 2000 was when you left the first time, is that right? That's right, yeah. And I, wanted, I want you to tell the uh, the listeners and viewers about why you left and uh, where you went to when you left, because I think it's fascinating.
0: Okay, so uh, yeah, so I was at Microsoft for eight years, and. Um, I spent all of my time during the 90s uh, focused on Microsoft Exchange, which is a you know, brand new email product at the time, and pretty revolutionary in its design and, and, and what it was trying to do. Um, it, at the end of that time period, it was like, what do I do next? And what's the next hot technology? Because I felt like that wave was over. Yeah. Right. It was like, we, we converted all the enterprises, we're done, right? Take um, that box. Right, exactly. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, having watched the internet um, sort of become real for consumers in 1995 when, when we put TCP IP into the Windows 95 product, uh, I realized that that this is, you know, going to be significant. And we obviously see that today, yeah. right? From, you know, sites like Amazon and all the e-commerce that's going on. Um, and so, my thesis was that, you know, people had been dabbling in wireless devices for a while, but nothing was really besides blackberry at that time nothing was really yeah, consumer like, friendly yeah i remember that right and and blackberry was hugely limited so to me it looked like and i was a user of blackberry since it
1: well that was the like, corporate iphone 94 right email, so somebody could do everything you needed to do yeah
0: i had been using blackberry since it was in beta in like 94 <laughs> so i so i was already like this is a huge utility this is clearly going to be something it's not right because it's not going to get mass adoption um, and there's some things that they could do to fix that. Um, so basically I theorized that the next wave of the internet would be the wireless internet, and that was in 2000. And so Microsoft didn't have any game in that space at the yeah. time, and I was like, okay, well I guess I've been here eight years, it's been a good run, you know, I, this is what I gotta do over here, yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'm gonna go pursue that. And I went to a wireless startup, um, uh, d- Im- immediately from Microsoft, with directly in that space, like essentially a BlackBerry competitor. Um, the opportunity was global scale, doing what BlackBerry was doing across all kinds of wireless cellular networks. And after I got there, I realized that there were some technical foundational issues yeah, okay. that was no way of understanding before getting there. Um, so I kind of pulled the, the rip cord and yep. said, you know, where, where, do I, where do I go? And that's when I, when I wound up at uh, Goldman Sachs Investment Bank yep. working for the CTO. So,
1: so you, you've been, I mean, like I said, a very decorative career, but the fascinating thing for me is where you are now mm-hmm. and, and where you were then. So yeah. you left in two thousand, and you know Microsoft share price wasn't. You know that that period from two thousand to sort of two thousand and ten was relatively quiet. Yeah, it's like uh, the last decade. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you said it right. You said it. Not me. But um, and then you, you know, now you're back there in the blockchain space. Yeah. What I find fascinating is we look for market leaders, we look for trends in society, trends in markets. And um, it's, it's very difficult sometimes to have your own con- enough conviction to j- dive into a certain market and throw mm-hmm. everything you've got. Yeah. And effectively, I've done that with blockchain and blockchain and the asset classes around crypto assets. Now, yeah. you hit the nail on the head when you went for the wireless world yeah. uh, back in 2000, which I'm stoked for because you know, here you are now, yeah, back, yeah. In, back in blockchain. I know it's a very, we, we talk about blockchain and we talk about what's happening in the moment, we do relate it to the internet often. Yeah. Now, wireless the internet is just a different form. Sure. What similarities are you seeing at the moment being that you are at the coalface with one of the biggest companies in the world studying one of the most advanced technologies in the world?
0: Yeah. So, if you look at, like in 1993 when I was at Microsoft, if you looked at the internet, in fact, I think it was in 93 that Bill Gates said the internet's a fat. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So, you know, and then two years later we put TCP IP into Windows 95, so, you know, he was off by a little. He pivoted. Right. (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's where we are now, right? There, There is this phenomenon of blockchain that can take the internet beyond where it is. And that key thing is what I talked about earlier today, is it's basically the ability to have a, a unique asset represented digitally, right? Which is something we've just never been able to do before. And that is because of the underlying technologies called blockchain. So once you kind of realize that and you're like, and I study and teach e-commerce as well, like. It, the light bulb just goes off in your head and you're like, okay, well, is this real? Yeah. And I spent six months studying to figure out for myself if it was real. And during that period, I completely convinced myself that this would at a minimum be the next 10 years. So this yeah. was like my wireless yep. internet yep. moment. It was yep. exactly the same. Um, I felt like I was earlier, which was actually interesting. Yeah. Um, because I could get really, like, sort of foundational uh, in, in understanding different types of early technologies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yep. Um, that would have both established themselves pretty well. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's like, I mean, it, it is a, as you said, a meme that everybody uses, but it's what we didn't know in 1993 is what we don't know now in blockchain. Yeah. Right. And so that is the bet what we do know what we did know in 1993 was decentralization is possible right and we could create an information internet yep um what we do know now is decentralization decentralization is possible and we can create a unique asset internet and so that is those two things together when you think about everything we're doing with e-commerce and everything else is uh you know i think my personal opinion is it's a pretty easy um
1: conclusion, you know, yeah. to say that this is transformational. So let me ask you this question then, right? So we talk about the internet, we talk about dot-com, we talk about the bubble, we talk about all the wonderful things yeah. that were that have been. We look at the past and as investors and traders, we also use the use historical uh, information to help predict the future. Yeah. Now, of course there's some ways that we can do that through trends and human yeah. technology and humans' emotions. But the way technology works, especially with AI starting to come in, it's really sort of mudding the waters a little bit. I don't think we're yeah. there yet. Yeah. But I mean, question, are we at internet 1999 or are we at 1993 in this space right now, in your opinion?
0: So, well, I think we're at 93. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we like that. And, and it's also a very different market. If you look at the phenomenon that's built into this market, which is because we can create a unique digital asset on the internet, now we can actually create unique value on the internet, which we couldn't before. So this has a very dynamic effect on the market. If you think about um, the run-up to 1999, and all of the questions about how do I value these companies, right, Uh, you have to throw out the old ways you evaluated them, right? Um, You could do the same thing now, right? You could say say the same thing, what is the the parallel that we could actually use to to make conclusions? we know you can store value. We know you can store unique assets, yep. um, and, and those—that's very—that's very powerful. I think the the run-up is a little different. Um, we have established uh, startup ecosystems yep. and players like VCs and others who invest in those ecosystems, and then you also have this whole new value system that's been created, right? So if you look at anybody who is. Just as an example, if you are a startup working on some product that's on Ethereum and you get value out of Ethereum, you're now actually getting, in a sense, paid in stock in a community, yeah. not in a single company. For participating, yeah. yeah. And not in a single company, right? So if you went to work for you know, Snapchat or whatever, yeah. right? You had to make a bet on that company yes. because of traditional VC models, yeah. right? Now you can actually go bet on an ecosystem and you don't have to actually stay at the same company to accrue value from the ecosystem, yeah. Yeah. right? So for for startup people that you know, you typically talk about like Bill Gates started in a garage, right? Steve Jobs started in a garage. Why? Because they didn't have money, yeah. right? You've now got a phenomenon where, because of value creation opportunities in this ecosystem, you can actually have startups that are well funded, yeah. right? Which is a really interesting it's different kind of the game, isn't
1: it? Yeah, very different. So so you're with your role at Microsoft and what you're doing. Is there a self-focus for your position there? Are you just wildly exploring? I can't imagine that Microsoft is just punting money. I mean, Mm -hmm. you must have a purpose, and what exactly is that purpose? Yeah, no, so
0: it's been a a journey. Um, We started in 2015 with the first announcement, which was at DevCon, uh, um, and then through that process, the question was, um, you know, how do do we understand how we fit in the market? How do we legitimize fitting in the market? Um, How do we make sure that we're not Squashing people unnecessarily, um, and so that guided like just being in the market and studying, the community and you know being friendly with the community, um, being in the community, well, being uh, accepted, essentially. Is right? and getting accepted, right. Yeah. So you had to have credibility, and you have to take away the fear factor, right? Yeah. Because you know if you go back to the 90s, people will look at large companies and say all they do is scoop up all the small ones, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I think that certainly Microsoft understands the value of open source at this point, right? We also are one of the biggest contributors to GitHub open source projects. So um, we have a different ethos, right, um, than that. Um, Sometimes you have to help people understand that. So so we have made investments over the last couple years in engineering technology to help Move these great open source technologies closer to adoptability by enterprise. Yeah, okay. Um, and so we're not actually going and saying we're going to create a ledger. We're saying we'll put enterprise tooling around a ledger so that enterprises can use it, so they can actually cross the chasm much more quickly. So you're helping
1: so, business to understand. You're connecting, maybe the old with the new. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And yeah. giving them that. Uh, a bit in the middle, really. Put yeah. the cogs together and making it an That's engine. right.
0: And that's kind of what we do in the startup community generally. Right? We're trying to take really interesting startups and make them accessible to enterprise. Yeah, yeah. So in the blockchain space, is no different. So it's a, it's a model that we understand well yep. over many, many years. Um, and in this, obviously, it's a mostly open source community, so that adds an interesting dynamic to it as well, which also has different types of value creation okay. associated with it. Uh, I mean, just if you think about other open source communities, this is an open source community that's self-funded.
1: Yeah, that's right. We true. never had that before. Yeah.
0: Right? So there's some really interesting, different dynamics in this space than there were. So Microsoft's journey is really just beginning, I think, yeah. as is everyone's. Yes, um, of course. Even though we've, you know, we've been investing in this space for three years from a tech perspective. Um, we actually just launched a product this week which is uh, taking sort of the next step helping enterprises um, speed time to value um, for them, because if they can speed time to value, then they'll cross the chasm more quickly. quickly. It's a Um, fast moving space. It it is, it is. And so what I talked about today actually was, um, not the product, to talk about tokenization in general and the concept of digital uniqueness and what that means. Um, And I think that is the next, uh, I feel like that's the next step in our journey is how do we now, because we've gotten to where we are, now we can sort of say, okay, well, digital uniqueness has to be part of our future. What does that mean?
1: And what does it mean? Will there be a Microsoft token?
0: I, well, I don't think there will be a Microsoft token, although my, my CTO wanted to, to, my CTO <laughs> was uh, jokingly wanted to launch one last week when we announced the product. Um, but, but, like More uh, sensible minds told them not a good idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and listen, you, you talked about your uh, your experience at Goldman Sachs, yeah. I mean, assuming you've still got some tentacles back into that area, uh, are you seeing the same, like, are the conversations being had within the Vampire Squiz layer, uh, positive, negative, how, how do you see the broader business community and that and that world of uh, very large finance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that we looked at it maybe being threatened by the creation of crypto assets. How are they taking it on board? I mean look, if, if you don't if you haven't been speaking with it, I know yeah, yeah. How, how are you seeing them develop within that space right now? So is most it scary of, or is it positive?
0: I, I think it's gotten to a positive point. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, the most large enterprises that are in the space, publicly like Goldman and JP Morgan, Um, They've been, they started out on the journey saying, how can I get advantage from this in my back office? Yes. How can I? Transact
1: faster, send money across borders quickly. Exactly,
0: right. How do I cut out middlemen where I don't need them? How do I get more efficiency? And so that was how they sort of cut their teeth. Yes. And I mean, Goldman now, for example, has just announced it. They've just said it. They're publicly They're launching a a desk, right? So. um, Which is great. You know, so that, we, we think that People in the community. When you see signs like that, it's you know the institutional money is going to start it's coming, its way. Um, and the technology is sound. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a question
1: of what do we do with it. You know, yeah. it's like make your future you have an opportunity execution model what is it going to be Yeah. well we've got the big brains in the space right now there's been a lot of talk of uh, the biggest sort of brain drain of Silicon Valley ever into the it's blockchain pretty amazing. community yeah. which I mean I speak to people that talk about the issues of you, know, you see these silly arguments about the mining's wrecking the world all these negative things you think well look we've got the best brains in the world but not just the best brains but the best brains with a, with a take on let's try and change the way that we live mm-hmm. let's try and make the world a better place and yeah. let's, let's fix things let's not just make money yeah. but let's fix things put the best brains the best people in an ecosystem which is evolving so quickly, I think we're looking pretty good, what's your take?
0: I agree with that and I, I, I like your, your statement about Silicon Valley, I mean it's been actually in the startup community quite a few years of looking at why did Silicon Valley become what it was and what would ever change that and I think what started to change that was the cloud. Yeah. Right, where you could now have startups that don't need space, yep. right, and then you have things like Slack and other you know decentralized technologies yeah. for collaboration, and people don't even need to be in the same building, right, yeah. or the same country, right. So, the idea of a decentralized uh, group of people coordinating on projects, all the technologies there from GitHub to Slack to whatever, right. So that means I can choose to live in Berlin or New York or Brooklyn or wherever I, I want. In to, Australia, Australia, right? Yeah. Wherever I, wherever I want to live. Um, so that changes the nature of a geographic center of excellence, right? You no longer have that, right? It's, it becomes much more of a- Borderless. Borderless community of of excellence. So, um, you know, that was certainly the Silicon Valley part of the answer. What was the other question?
1: I can't remember. <laughs> but i just don't know how the space, like how we were going towards the space. I, mean, look, I think you kind of answered it with the answer that you gave it. We we do have a borderless society now. It's what the world has looked for for a long time without knowing it. It's generally governments that want to keep us contained. Yeah. But we're human beings. We love to travel. We love to move around. That's uh, right. The yeah. internet has allowed us to view other parts of the world. Yeah. We still have to work in a central place for the time being with this community is now opening up to a global perspective. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, York. I really appreciate your insights. Uh, if people want to find out more about what you're doing and what Microsoft yeah is doing in specific, how exactly, where would they find more information? So,
0: um, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm very active. Um, but if you want to go directly to uh, Microsoft Assets, we have a blog. Yep. Uh, there's probably about 50 different blogs posted there all about the
1: work that we're doing in the space. Excellent. Well, guys, you heard it here. It's an absolute pleasure having you on board. It's wonderful to have a chat. Thank, Thank you very much for your insights. And I wish you all the best on your journey going forward with Microsoft. Well done. Thank you. Thanks very Thank much.
0: you. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters.